Good morning. Really glad you're here this morning. We're starting up a new series today called Unfazed, and during this series we're going to look at what the Bible says about dealing with distraction today. We're going to look at that, then the weeks ahead, intimidation, uncertainty, sickness, and change. Um, Nothing stands still. So things are flying by, and so how do we respond to that? But as I said, today we're going to dig into uh, what Scripture says about dealing with distraction, and, and that's, that's an ancient problem, dealing with distraction. Um, but it's being complicated by technology. I mean, it, it's rare that when you're sitting you know, at the dinner table and you don't get a text that your mind is sort of drawn to and you want to see who just said something Really, really difficult. You know, you see people at restaurants. You know, they're all on their phones. Very, very difficult to stay focused. It's an all-out fight, in fact, to stay focused, especially to focus on God, His perspective, and His ways. And so what we're looking at today is really how, how to deal with distraction at a, at a deeper level. Uh, distraction, here's the dictionary definition of distraction. It's a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. Okay, that's enough said. But it's also extreme agitation of the mind or emotions. That's, that's sort of a secondary, we all know what that means. You know, you've got something huge going on, you're trying to deal with it, you're trying to handle it, and you're all stirred up inside. And it's hard then to focus on what is happening right here in front of me. I just heard a song on the way to church. It says, I'm tripping, I'm tripping over today looking at tomorrow. <laughs> I think that's a good picture. Sometimes we, we go there. We're, we're just all stirred up inside. Distraction is a thief that robs us of life, and it's something we need to guard against, and we're going to look at how, how to do that. What do you do when your mind is running wild? It's going in circles. I know I, I can get stirred up inside, like the washing machine. Things are going on. What do you do to regain your focus? Well, there's a level at which I, I use a to-do list. I mean, I, my mind's racing Monday morning. I've got all kinds of stuff I've got to do that week. And sometimes just making a to-do list of the things that are on my plate sort of brings it into focus. I'm able to lose some of my distraction that way. Sometimes people need to talk it out. Uh, It can really help, especially if you're talking to a wise person who's a few steps down the road in life. Um, when When the distraction gets intense, some people like to pull away. Whether it's intense or not, some people like to pull away <laughs> and go, you know, go out into the mountains and spend some time alone and just really soak it up. That, that can be really helpful. Sometimes it helps to have music playing in the background. This is one of my Pandora stations that I listen to. It, it, there's no words to these songs on this station. And I can just think and pray or, or whatever. But there are all kinds of issues circumstances, challenges that come up that could phase us. And we need the ability to root ourselves 
in a source of strength and guidance. So that's what we're going to look at today. We don't, we don't just have to ride it out. There's a time in my life when I thought, okay, I'm, I'm all stirred up. My mind and emotions, they're racing, they're going everywhere, all kinds of stuff, and I've just got to ride this out. But we, we don't have to do that. We, we, there are some things we can do that really help us deal with distraction at a deeper level. In this series, we're going to look at the Psalms. And the Psalms are a great place to go to focus your thoughts on what helps you deal with things at a deeper level. Um, they're, they're actually the prayer and praise book for God's people is, is sort of the category they're in. And they've been that for about 2,500 years at least. The Psalms clue us in on how to talk to God when we don't really know what to do or what to say or how to approach it. Some of the Psalms are songs to be praised. Uh, many worship songs are based on psalms, and they can settle us down. Songs can settle us down. If they're the right ones, maybe even they, they set us at ease. Maybe you have a, a go-to station on Pandora or Spotify that you go to when you're stressed, or there's a, a genre of music that you like to listen to that helps bring some calm. Well, God's given us the psalms as a proven way to find help and encouragement and real perspective on what's going on in our lives. So we're going to dig in and see how the Psalms help us deal with the different things that we're facing. Today, we're looking at distraction. This is crucial because distraction is a daily threat, something we deal with, at least, okay, I do. I think you probably do deal with distraction every day. It's like, you need, you know, you need to focus on this thing right here, but ah, I've got so much other stuff I want to think about. Or, yeah, sometimes it's like, I don't want to think about this right now. I'd rather think about this. I'd rather watch a movie or I'd rather do anything but have to deal with this thing I'm facing. So it's a daily threat and it's a thief. It, it robs us of joy. In life, it robs us of relationships, family, family relationships, friendships. Um, it, it steals away our relationship with God because we're so distracted by all the things that are going on in our lives. Well, here's what Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says. It's one of the very first passages I, I ever memorized. It's a really good, helpful picture of how to deal with distraction but blessed is the man it says who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the lord and on his law he meditates day and night he focuses on his law he finds delight in it and he focuses on it and then you see the benefits he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. So life is good for the person who plants himself or herself 
by the Word of God and soaks it in and allows it to ruminate. We talked last week at our 30th anniversary celebration about God's purpose to use His people, those who decide to follow Christ. His purpose is for us to become oaks of righteousness. Now, that's a process. But when you decide to follow Christ, the seed's planted in you, in the person of the Holy Spirit, and then as as much as you cooperate with him determines how you grow. This is how we grow. This is how we become more and more that, that person, that oak of righteousness that provides shade and blessing for uh, the people around us, for our family, for our friends, for the people at work. This, this is how we do it. This is, this is a how-to lesson right here from the writer of this psalm. Uh, the author of the psalm, speaking of the writer, is unidentified. So uh, some, some of the psalms are this way. They just call them the psalmist or the writer. Uh, in this psalm, what we learn is it's critical to steer our mind away from wrong thinking, especially when we're agitated, especially when we're distracted. If we want to deal with it at a, at a deeper level, we, we have to steer our mind away. We can't just let it run rapid. We've got to keep it on a leash and pull it back from heading some directions that it wants to go. The imagery he uses in this passage is that of a tree planted next to a rich water source. The opposite is a tree planted by a contaminated water source. Wrong thoughts not grounded in reality, according to God and his word, bring more agitation and emotions. And the tree doesn't grow. It doesn't doesn't flourish because it's planted in the wrong way of thinking. So the psalmist says in verse 1, Blessed is the man. Who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. If we surround ourselves with people or influences or media who pour out contaminated resources, then we end up building an unstable life. Your go-to source, when, when you're dealing with extreme agitation of your mind or emotions, your go-to source is going to either help or harm. That's basically what it's saying here. This is, fresh water is so crucial for health. It's so critical. Many Christian mission organizations work in areas of the world that need fresh, clear, clean water. And this this is one right here. This is Samaritan's Purse. We we pitch in and do our... uh, Operation Christmas Child with this group, but this is a catalog of things you can contribute to. One of those is uh, freshwater wells, because it's so crucial for helping people out of poverty and to to live healthy lives, because the fresh water is just critical for our health. Without fresh water, diseases run rampant through the villages. And so it just shows that the importance of, of the fresh water. The source you choose for strength and guidance in the same way to focus your mind on is, is crucial for your spiritual health. And that, that's, 
what's going on in here. It's crucial. The source we choose. The first move to root ourselves in right thinking is to reject wrong thinking. That's the way it is in our world. And, you know, what, what you find in the Bible is wrong thinking has its source outside of us and inside of us. Because there are things planted in us by sin originally. So when we're born, there are things planted in us that take our mind in the wrong direction. And so there are things in us and there are things outside of us that we have to deal with. And this is one reason why the passage makes a big deal out of filtering out the contaminated sources of input and help. It says here, the first source it talks about is the counsel of the wicked. And it says, walk not in the counsel of the wicked. The the Hebrew word here uh, that this was originally written in could be translated ungodly. The ungodly, it simply means godliness. To be godly means that uh, you, you reference God in the way you live. You live a God-referenced life. That's what it means to be godly. So the ungodly, what they do is they don't factor God into their life. And so what we have to do, the very first thing, in order to, to soak in the right stuff is... To reject the counsel of the the wicked, um, and and those are folks that that don't factor God in to life. He's the number one factor in every situation that we face, and so we have to filter out uh, the counsel of people who don't include Him in in what's going on. And if you don't understand this, if you don't Understand this. What happens is you, you hit roadblock after roadblock in life. A second source he refers to here is uh, the way of sinners. He says, so you, we, we walk not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners. And sinners, literally, the word in Hebrew means criminal. And... So we need to avoid the counsel of people who are telling us how to take illegitimate shortcuts in life. And this, this runs rampant. Think about it. There, there are all kinds of people around. Uh, it's the kind of advice sometimes you get in, in the lunchroom or around the water cooler or just hanging out with fr- some friends. There's some, some ways to skirt around the law. They might not be huge ways, but they're, they're, they're little ways. And we've got to avoid that. We may get ahead for a short time, but if you're a Christ follower, God's not honored and you end up not being blessed as you head on that, that way. Because, because God, the way he is, is he disciplines his kids. And so we've got to avoid that. And then it finally says, not to sit in the seat of scoffers. Now, this is a group that makes fun of God and everything important to him. They deride authority, especially God's authority, and, and they just sit and scoff at what's going on there. You see a progression in this verse. starts with walking, then comes to standing, and then sitting. 
And so the idea is to stop the contamination at the store. Just don't stand. Just don't, just don't, don't, don't walk with people who are going to pour out input that is going to take you the wrong direction away from God. And so the idea is to avoid deep friendships with those who don't factor God into life. That, that's what he's saying here. Because there's a passage that says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. A fool in Scripture is somebody who doesn't factor God into their situations in life, the things they're dealing with. So we avoid soaking in their input. That's not the source we go to. So that's the first thing. We need to overcome uh, distraction by steering our mind away from the wrong kind of thinking. Then, focus our mind on God's truth. And this, this is where we're going to land for a while. Uh, verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Delight means that you find pleasure in something. Obviously, that's Captain Obvious here, just checking in. <laughs> um, but it means that you find pleasure in something, and that becomes highly valuable to you. When, you. when you enjoy something, its value goes way up in your mind. And so we, we find time for what we enjoy. And we enjoy things that benefit us. Again, Captain Obvious, but we enjoy things like baseball games, bowling, quilting, painting, rock concerts, golf, playing an instrument, whatever it is that you enjoy, the more you enjoy it, the more time and money you're willing to pay or put into that activity. We also enjoy things that benefit. We, we enjoy things that delight us, that... that uh, we just get a kick out of, but we also enjoy things especially that benefit us, like working out. Um, I don't necessarily like the part where you're working out, but I do enjoy the benefit. I do, I really do, and, and I've worked it out, so I, I actually now enjoy the workout I do. It's not, it's not incredibly extraneous, but... Uh, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy that, so I do it. I, want, I look forward to walking up and down the hills in, in my neighborhood. <laughs> and that's something I look forward to. I benefit from it in, in several ways, be able to clear my mind and do that. We, we like a class. We like going to classes. We like getting information that shapes our perspective, that kind of helps us deal with whatever we're trying to handle in life. Or we like making an investment. We really delight when an investment pays off. I remember one, one Christmas, my brother-in-law, he, he had invested in Qualcomm, and it was, it was just rocketing up in, in, uh, in value, and it was splitting, and all these kinds of things were happening, and he was giddy. I mean, giddy. He could not contain his excitement over that investment that he had made. 
He enjoyed that. We like that. We love that. We, we delight in things that benefit us. And we really get excited about it. Um, th- this is the sense from the word delight in this verse. Th- this is it. We enjoy it because it benefits us. And so we give our time to it. And the idea here is we delight in the law of Lord, the Lord because we enjoy it. And so we give our time to meditating on it. This, this is the big idea here. And um, meditating in this verse means to murmur. Literally, it means to murmur or to ponder. You know, how you're thinking about something and you're, you're walking around, you're really, you're really deep in thought and you're mouthing the words or you're saying the words, you're saying, hmm, yeah, I think that'll work, I don't know, I, you know, you're sort of murmuring about it. That's, that's what we do. That's what it's saying. If you delight in the Word, the word of God, you meditate on it. And the law of the Lord is, is basically uh, what you find as you get into Scripture. There are laws. And there, there are, are guidelines. There are principles. But what you find in those is you find out what's important to God as you get into Scripture and soak it in. And, and if you align yourself with what's important, you align your life, your thinking, your life, you align it with what's important to God, you benefit tremendously from that. Across the board. Family, friends, work, ministry. All of life, if you learn to delight and Get into the Word of God, and, and sometimes you, you get into Scripture, you get in, you know, read a passage of the Bible, and you're thinking, hmm, interesting. wonder what that means. Giving it thought, turning it over, talking it out, thinking it through, that, that can bring a lot of benefit, and the lights go on. You begin to understand what God's saying through it. So, um, th- this is... This is what it's saying here. The passage is telling us that the person who rejects wrong thinking and meditates on God's word is happy at a deep level. And the benefits are spelled out of God's word in in verse 3, and we'll get to that in a moment. We already read it. But to gain benefit from God's word, from the scripture... Requires time and attention without distraction. <laughs> you have to deal with the distraction. You have to be able to focus. You, you must dig in. If you've ever tried to spend time reading the Bible and letting God speak to you through it, you, you know how much resistance you experience. It is a battle. Okay, it is for me. To, to, to get in and, and really... Take the time to focus. Uh, might be in the morning, might be at night. In the morning, my mind tends to race with everything that's coming up that day. At night, my mind keeps going back to what happened <laughs> during the day. And I have to deal with distractions. I just have to put them aside somehow. I need God's help. 
Even if you know the benefit and you've experienced it and you've heard God speak to you through his word, it is, it is a fight to stay in it. Just when you intend to sit down, get some time with God, phone rings, a text chimes in. Uh, you hear a conversation that you want to join in. <laughs> uh, someone needs your help. Your child runs up. They're, they need some attention. Or they hit the deck somewhere in the house and they're screaming. <laughs> they're crying. <laughs> Stuff's going on. These distractions, they aren't necessarily bad. They happen. But they create a dogfight to focus on, on what's right. God's law, as you get into Scripture, what happens is you, you gain God's angle on the circumstances you're living through. He, he speaks to you and he, he helps you understand. And it, it's alive. It is, it is, somebody said that you don't read the Bible, the Bible reads you. And that, that is true. Um, it really does. So, it zeroes in on our life and what's most important to think about right there because God uses it that way. God's angle is the most important. If we understand his ways, we can line up our choices with them and, and do well in life. You, you and I can't get blessed in this life without thinking over God's truth day and night. And I mean, we we and and here's how it works. You just take a little time. I suggest if this is something new to you, just take a little time and read a paragraph or so. Take about five minutes and just let God speak to you. And you'll begin if you do that on a consistent basis. Start with pick your number of days that you want to start with three days five days a week i wouldn't suggest going seven for seven because if you're wired like me then you know you miss a day and you're like oh forget it i'm done yeah no no need to keep going yeah i just blew it i was going for seven i only have six now so don't you know i don't suggest going for you know the gold (laughs) yeah but you will get the gold You'll get the gold if you'll just settle down, read the Bible, and ask God to speak to you. I'd also suggest starting in, like, one of the books about Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. John is a really good place to start. But um, just dig in. And you begin to get a sense of what's important to God. He will speak to you if you ask him to. And then, and then set out to do what he's saying. And, and this is what this passage is saying here. If you delight in the law of God, you meditate on it as you begin to make it a part of your thinking and your life. Things change. Knowing where to lead our mind to focus is key in dealing with distraction. Verse 2 describes this person who delights to go to God and spend time with him through his word. Sundays are a good start. This is really good because what we do on Sunday mornings, it centers on the word of God. And I know many people just 
talk about how God speaks through the Word on Sunday mornings. In fact, there's a passage in the Bible that says, uh, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So it's not me. I'm not, you can tell I'm not that great of a speaker. You know, I'm not Mr. Communicator. But, but it's the Word of God. It's God himself that is speaking to you on Sunday mornings. This is what's happening. And so if, if you could use Sundays as your launching pad to dig in just a little bit every day to the Bible and soak it in and let God speak to you through it, then you will find more and more value. Sundays are a good start, but let them be the launching pad to dig in to the Word yourself and hear from God. It becomes a delight as we experience the benefit for ourselves. It's not a religious chore. Don't, don't look at it that way. That is a drag, a religious chore. How many, how many want that at the top of their to-do list? Let me do something religious today. That's not, that's not, that's not fun. But what happens is if you approach it like you want to hear from God, because really what will happen is it's a dialogue between you and God. And what will happen is you'll begin to crave it like you crave a good meal. You'll, you'll, you'll want the nourishment that comes as you, as you get into God. And if you need help figuring out how to decipher, how to get into Scripture, put that on your connection card your, and, and let us know. And we, we would be glad to help. We would give you some things to help. So we delight in the Word because it brings joy to us. When we go to God in His Word, it comes to life and He guides us through it. Verse 3 lays out the benefits of delighting and meditating on God's law. Staying focused on God's ways makes me prosper. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. In God's law, you uncover what's most important to him. And if you align yourself, as I said, with his ways, life begins to flourish. Family, friendships, work, ministry, all, all of life. I think the psalmist used this analogy because it's so powerful. Think, think about a tree by the water. Here's a picture of a tree by rivers of water. Now, I've actually been driving down the highway, and it can be, there, there, there's an area that is brown and dead and scorched almost. But if there's a river, you see a line of trees along the river that are being nourished by it. Seen that several times. That that's the picture here. The river, if you plant yourself by the river, the, the word of God, his 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 law is that river that we plant ourselves by it and we draw strength from it. We it's a reliable source. I, whenever you drive around you see a, a, a tree just thriving. You know it's getting water. Let that remind you of the fact that you could be that person. It, it's easy to make getting into God's Word a religious chore. There's no delight in that. Don't do that. I, I've certainly treated my time with God like that. 
I've ignored him and have instead given in to the distractions. And I haven't experienced what this passage highlights. Don't, don't do it because it's a religious chore. Do it because God wants to meet with you and talk to you and help you deal with the stuff you're dealing with in your life. Fight the distractions because distraction hollows out our lives. In my backyard, I have two fruit trees now. Um, I used to have four, (laughs) but we won't go into that. Uh, We will go into one of my trees that's down. Um, The healthiest one is my salad citrus tree. You can see it on the left, your left of the screen. I, I really wish the fruit was more ripe because... It's a salad citrus tree. It's, it's the coolest tree. It's got honey mandarin oranges. Those are the ones on top. It's, it's loaded. I really need to, I really need, I need to pull some of those off because it's going to just start breaking the top of the tree. It also has lemons. Those are the ones in the front. And then around the side, there are limes. So I really wish you could see the orange and the, the yellow and the green. But, you know, hey, it's, I took it this week and they're not ready. On, on the other side, on the right side of the screen, is a hole where my plum tree was. <clears throat> I, I love my plum tree. It, it produced, I love plums. Right, juicy plums. But the problem is, I had a guy come to trim it, and we're about 25 feet away from it, and he says, it's got termites. And I said, what? My plum tree has termites? Yep, you're going to have to cut it down. And he showed me, he says, yeah, look. It's got a crack all the way up the trunk of the tree because the termites are eating it from the inside out. (laughs) I already had trouble with my avocado trees, all nine that I tried to get growing. Now I've got got a, a plum tree that has termites and it's eating it from the inside out. And this is what happens with distractions. Distractions eat you and I from the inside out. We have to learn to fight them. We have to deal with them. We have to get past them. If we allow it, distractions will hollow us out. Our friendships, our family relationships aren't what they could be because we're not really paying attention to them. And you know what? People are the most important thing to God on the face of the earth. People are important to God. And you find this out as you get into Scripture, as you let it soak in. All the people that He's placed on the earth, every one of us, we're all incredibly important to God. And so we get into Scripture, and if we focus on it, don't let the distractions hollow us out, we realize this. God strengthens us to do it. Our effort at work hollows us out if we're distracted because we lose focus. And you know, God, you get into the Word and it says, work heartily is serving the Lord, not men. So we need to deal with distraction at work. If you get into the Word, you get encouraged like that. And you do what God puts on your plate. More importantly, distractions will hollow out our friendship with God. We don't want that. 
We can build that friendship through his word, through praying to him. He is the source of life that bears fruit and benefits us in ways that we enjoy. It shows us how to bear fruit, family life, friendships, and our efforts. For example, I read this week, I get, I'm, if I were to pick one of the uh, characters in the Winnie the Pooh stories that represent me, I would, I would be Eeyore, okay? I know several of you have young, young kids and you may be reading those stories right now, but anyway, I'm kind of natively, I'm Eeyore. I've learned to be more upbeat because as I trust God, he comes through. There's no reason to be down. But, you know, sometimes I get into my native reflex. And I was there this week. And one morning this week, as I was being weighed down by all the stuff that was going on, all the stuff I had to do, all the responsibilities, all the question marks, I, don't, I was tripping over today looking at tomorrow. And I'm, I'm just going through this and... One morning I read Jeremiah 32:41. This is what it says. I will rejoice over them to do them good. That really that really God spoke to me through that. He's talking about his people. And he, so he's talking about me. I'm one of his people. I will rejoice over them to do them good. I I'm inclined to beat myself to smithereens just to beat myself up for what I'm not doing. I, I'm inclined to just, just wallow on the floor because I haven't done it perfectly. Well, nobody's done it perfectly. But here's God, and this is what he says. I will rejoice over them to do them good. That's a word I needed to hear. And that's the kind of thing that happens as you get into the Scripture. He, you delight in it because He gives you, God gives you exactly what you need through it. Sundays are a help. God speaks to you here, I'm sure. It's a good start. But I encourage you to get into the Word, the Bible for yourself, and let God speak to you. You'll find great delight in it and great benefit. As I wrap up this morning, I, I encourage you to think through a way to respond personally to, to the Word of God, to what He said this morning. Would, would you take one of these next steps? Here are some suggestions. As the band comes up, I'm going to walk through a couple of these next steps. First one, determine to spend unhurried time with God. Just take just five minutes. Start in John. Read a paragraph, think about it, murmur over it, <laughs> and just try to figure out what it's saying. If you have questions, ask somebody here that, that could help you. Um, second step could be to ask two or three others about the difference this focus has made for them. What difference has the Word of God made for you in your life? And then there's, there's a, a line there that you can just write anything else that God said to you this morning. That'd be great. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word that refreshes us. Lord, we do delight in it. It's you and your word that speak to us here on Sunday mornings, and we are so grateful for what you do. <clears throat> we honor you. We praise you. Thank you for the help that you bring. Thank you that you rejoice over us 
to do us good. And we, we can trust that, that you're working in us. And so, Father, I ask for your help as you've laid on our heart these steps to take, that you'd give us the strength and power to take those steps in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.